Good morning. Welcome to the program. It is Wednesday, December 21. That means today is Gravy Day for all those Paul Kelly fans. Uh, it is that day of the year when you just have to play how to make gravy, which we're going to do on this uh, Wednesday, sometime between now and 9 o'clock. Welcome. Thanks for your company. If you're on your way to work or getting ready for work, uh, hopefully this is the last uh, week and you can enjoy some time off over the break. But, uh, yeah, Christmas getting ever so close. Have you done all your shopping? You got all that out of the way? Is everything ready uh, to welcome everyone over the weekend? Um, if it's not, time is running out. Thanks very much for your company. Um, it hasn't been a good Christmas present for the curator there at the Gabba. The pitch officially given a below-average rating. After the first test against South Africa, Richie Richardson, uh, the West Indian great, was the match referee. He gave it a below average rating, which is one above um, poor. It's still a demerit point for the Gabba, but, you know, they'll get it right for next year. I I just think it was just one of those things, a one-off thing. It, It is still an outstanding cricket wicket. Um, they just got wrong. It's a little bit like, you know, baking a cake or just cooking something. You have the recipe, but that doesn't necessarily mean uh, that it turns out the same way every time. Uh, and just the slightest little bit of um, change, uh, the different weather. It was so hot there for a while. Now it's been quite cool. Um, and things can change and just got it wrong. Below average. I think that's a fair call uh, from Richie Richardson. Uh, the Brisbane Heat back in action tonight against the Renegades down in Geelong. We'll chat about that a bit later. England have beaten Pakistan 3-0. Uh, first time in history that Pakistan has been whitewashed in a series at home. So that is some sort of feat for England. Eight of their last nine um, with Brendan McCullum and Ben Stokes in charge. What will the Ashes be like? It's going to be a terrific series uh, next year if they continue England on the course that they're going and the way they play. It's going to be enthralling to see how the Aussies come up against that. Uh, Football Australia has banned two of those fans and in inverted commas for life. We'll talk about that shortly. And on the program today, we've got uh, some more tickets to give away to see the Raw take on the Western Sydney Wanderers on Friday night at uh, KO Sports Stadium. And then on January 14th, Saturday afternoon, uh, when they take on the Phoenix. So we'll give those away a little bit later. And the best of Patton Hills, a couple of um, cracking interviews today. Uh, the great Ian Healy spoke to his good mate, Ian Chappell, Uh, on the sad passing, and it has been a shocking year this year, the sad passing of Rodney Marsh. So we'll hear from Ian Chappell this morning, and we'll also hear from Wayne Bennett. We spoke to Wayne a couple of times a week and a half ago when we spoke to him uh, up on the rooftop uh, as part of Paddy's 47 years of celebration in sport. But earlier in the year, uh, when we started on 693, our first day on that Friday, July 1, Wayne was a special guest on that day. We had a really... Uh, interesting chat with him about a whole range of things, um, including Cameron Munster, who at the time, uh, you know, Wayne threw a little bit of a hand grenade overboard with regards to Cameron Munster and how things have turned out differently since then. So it'll be intriguing to go back and listen to that interview uh, and pick up those little nuances and sort of, you know, with hindsight um, as to what might have been happening behind the scenes at the time. But as I mentioned, the Gabba pitch has been given a below average rating after uh, the win by Australia in under two days on the weekend. Daniel Vittori was the man they put up the Australian cricket side. He is the assistant coach there with Andrew McDonald. Here's his thoughts on the Gabba pitch. It was definitely amplified because of the standard of the bowling. I think the people are talking about these two attacks being potentially the best in the world. Um, so I think that obviously plays a part in it and the, and the wicket did a lot. 
Um, but I think we saw through Travis Head's innings and that partnership, Steve Smith, Evan Verene and, and Bavuma, that if you got in, you could score on it. Yeah, look, it was hard work. Um, I wonder, is it any harder than going to the subcontinent on a real turner on day one and struggling there? Uh, look, I'm not for a minute suggesting that, you know, it was an ideal pitch. Uh, it was one of those ones you'd, you'd rather have a contest between bat and ball. Uh, there wasn't much of a contest, but the batting wasn't as good as it could have been either from both sides at times. A couple, you know, strangled down leg side, uh, a couple of rash shots were played and application may not have been as strong as it could have been, but below average, the rating. Daniel Vittori, of course, being a spinner in New Zealand, has seen plenty of green tops and playing conditions that were very similar to what was at the Gabba on the weekend. Uh, we played India and I didn't bowl a ball in two test matches, so those were, <laughs> I think I've seen worse. Um, I, think it, I think it was just really tough conditions and once in a while you don't mind that. You wouldn't want to play it on it every day, but I think for, the, for, for occasional test matches is not the worst thing. Yeah, fair call. Uh, occasional. I wonder how many. I wouldn't want to see it every year. <laughs> You'd want to see it um, rarely. But, uh, yeah, give the bowler some and we find out, you know, from the batting perspective, how good some batsmen are uh, under difficult conditions. And that 92 that Travis Head scored, that's as good as 150, maybe even a double century. Um, it won't go down in the record books for him as a century, but he'll look back on that innings, no doubt, at the end of his career and say, wow, uh, that was some sort of a knock. Um, and it was all down to the conditions and how hard he fought. Now the focus is on Melbourne. Of course, Boxing Day is, what, Monday. So they've had a bit of a break. They've had time to prepare that pitch uh, with all the the angst and all the, the talk about the Gabba pitch. Now the focus is on Melbourne, and Daniel Vittori doesn't think they'll get it wrong down there. I think they're expecting a, a traditional MCG wicket where, where batsmen can dominate and they can be a big influence on the game because they can trust the surface time and time again. So I don't think too many batsmen will take the Gabba forward with them. Yeah, the scars from that, now you put it behind you and say, right, that was one of those tests, one of those wickets and move on. Travis Head continues in good form. The only player that really in the batting lineup, the top five anyway, that's not in great nick, as we know, is David Warner. He plays his 100th test match in uh, Melbourne in this second test against South Africa. It's been an extraordinary career when you consider he came into the limited oversight, into the white ball game before he'd played first class cricket, David Warner. And then he went back and played for New South Wales and ended up now about to play in his 100th test. Daniel Vittori has no doubts that David Warner will find form again. That's why a player plays 100 tests, I think, because they can deal with the, the ups and downs of, of cricket. And I think Davies uh, performed as, as well as pretty much anyone in world cricket for an extended period of time. So these, these times when the, it does become a little bit tough, obviously there's a focus on it, but I think the, the great players deal with it pretty well. Yep, and David Warner, he may bounce back in Melbourne, he may bounce back in Sydney, but he's got to bounce back sooner rather than later, hopefully, because we've got a tough tour of India coming up and then, of course, the Ashes that he wants to be a part of. But he can't just be gifted that. He's got to earn his place despite the fact that he's you know now played 100 test matches. You can't carry them forever. So fingers crossed he gets amongst the runs at the MCG. The question still remains is what our bowling attack is going to be. Who's going to open the bowling for Australia? Will Pat Cummins and Mitch Stark or will it be Mitch Stark and Josh Hazelwood? Will Scott Boland return to the scene of the crime where he took six for seven last year in that test at the MCG, which finished before lunch on day three, the Boxing Day test. Um, what's the bowling attack going to look like? Well, Daniel Vittori wasn't giving too much away. If you look at this test summer, 
along with India, along with the Ashes, I think there's going to be a requirement for, for the whole bowling group to be used at times. And we saw the skills of Ness to be able to come in, um, hadn't played Test cricket for a year and still be so effective. So I think that entire group, including uh, Lance and the guys who played in the, in the last Test match and Hoff coming back, um, shows that there's a real depth there and it becomes incredibly difficult to select every Test match. Yeah, there, there's no doubt there's depth there. Uh, the The difficulty comes, I suppose, as to whether or not Josh Hazelwood comes back in if he is fit, if he's 100% fit. Do you bring him back for Melbourne, as we discussed yesterday and and uh, on Monday with Heels? Do you bring him back or do you say, mate, just have another game off to make sure you're really okay? Um, and Scotty Boland will do the job at the MCG. And then Josh Hazelwood comes back and plays at the SCG, his home ground. Um, that to me, would seem logical, but uh, Josh Hazelwood is an outstanding bowler. And if everyone was fit, if he hadn't been injured, potentially with the the short test two days and the game against the West Indies uh, wasn't that taxing on the bowlers either. You know, Scotty Boland may not have played uh, so far. He might have come in for, for Pat Cummins, but if everyone was fit, Scotty Boland would still be on the outside looking in. So maybe Hazelwood, they might bring him back, but it seemed to me to be more logical to... Give him another test off and bring him back for Sydney and allow Scotty Boland to play. You may have a thought, 13-13-55 is the Brighton Homes open line or you can send us a text, 0467-736-736, as the Hoppies ambassador has done already this morning because he is hearing us loud and clear from Port Macquarie on the SEN app. So thank you for that, Andy. And he says, as usual, doing a top job, Mark. Yeah, well, I'm... Thank you for that, Andy, but I'm not sure why you'd say that. I can't help you with anything at the moment. Can't give you anything, but safe trip on your travels uh, for your Christmas break. I think he's going to Canberra on the way down, stopping at Port Macquarie. I saw a photo of Port Macquarie this morning. It looked absolutely beautiful, the sunrise at Port Macquarie. England has beaten Pakistan 3-0, a whitewash. As I mentioned, the first time in history that Pakistan has lost a home series, three tests to nil. Ben Stokes uh, and Brendan McCullum have been uh, unbelievable for England. Eight wins from nine tests. And not just the fact that they're winning test matches, the way they are winning test matches. I mean, that 500-odd they scored in the first day of the first test at Royal Pindi, that was jaw-dropping stuff from 75 overs. They lost an hour's play because of bad light, and they scored over 500 runs in a day. Uh, extraordinary. Anyway, Ben Stokes spoke after the win this morning on the series win as a whole. Yeah, yeah obviously very pleased and, and happy for everyone. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah, it probably won't really sort of sink in, I think. And to know, I don't know, maybe we get home or into the new year, but... You know, we, we, I understand and we all understand that what we've done is, um, is pretty special um, to, to win 3-0 out here and, you know, obviously be part of a result in every game and coming out on the good side of it was, will be something to look back on and, yeah, be very proud of. Yeah, you got a sense there, didn't you, from what he was saying? <laughs> I don't think he can believe it either. Not only the fact that uh, they won 3-0, but the way they played. He's taken over the captaincy and, and England. It's just been a change, a complete turnaround of the way England normally approaches their cricket. We've seen so many tests where they've been set targets that they just refuse to chase. They'd rather draw um, than lose chasing a win in a test match. Uh, and so the way that Ben Stokes has captained this side has been at a, dr- a dramatic out uh, about face. And uh, he had this to say about his captaincy. You know, trying out a few different things that 
um, maybe not have been seen before um, and just yeah like just assessing the conditions and you know just having to to be a bit out there and and to see them work you know they're not always going to work but I feel as if um, you know everything we've tried has sort of came off in the series so um, yeah I think I've learned a lot in terms of uh, the tactical side of, of playing out in these types of conditions so um, yeah I think that's probably the, the the best thing to come out of it for me. Oh, it's going to be so interesting the Ashes series a Duke ball English conditions up against you know the best bowling attack in the world in Stark, Cummins, Hazelwood, Scotty Boland over there as well whether or not England can play that Baz ball the way they have in Pakistan remains to be seen um, against the Australians. Brendan McCullum spoke on the key moments in the series, but also about Ben Stokes' captaincy. Yeah, there's more than I thought we were going to make, to be honest. I think, you know, the way that, uh, that Zach uh, Crawley and Ben Duckett started for us in that test match, it really kind of laid a marker out for where this team wants to be and, and how brave they're prepared to be as well. Um, and also to try and play the role that the team needs you to play rather than um, sort of getting too caught up in your own stuff. So that, that was a huge day for us. It allowed us to try and, I guess, force a result in that game and maybe the series would have been different if we hadn't have uh, gone down that route. So, yeah, some really defining moments. I thought the skipper was absolutely magnificent right throughout the uh, series and, again, not just on the field. Well, everyone sees what the decisions he makes and the strings he, he pulls on the field, but it's his man management and his, his, uh, his ability to get the very best out of each member of the side off the field, which is which is a, the most impressive part from my point of view. Yeah, it was a stunning, stunning performance from England, 3-0 over Pakistan in Pakistan for the first time in history. Pakistan beaten 3-0 at home. Our Australian women have wrapped up the series against India 4-1, the T20 series. We'll uh, hear from Ash Gardner and Talia McGrath a little bit later. An announcement has been made by Augusta National on whether or not live players can play in the Augusta um, Masters, the US Masters, and the good news for those players is they can. I'll talk a little bit more about that throughout the morning as well at 18 past six.